This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There, there'll be some long nights, but I, I was frustrated with the rotations and, and the, the lack of direction when it came to, to who was playing and who wasn't. Yeah, and that's part of what hurt so much about the game last night. And like he said, I was at the game last night. I was in Section 217 with the brigade. And for as much as people talk about there's no Nets fans, the brigade, that was that was a wonderful experience for, I would say, three quarters until the Knicks started to take control of the game. Brooklyn Chance, I'm sure you guys heard it over the uh, the Yes Network broadcast. You could hear Brooklyn Chance. Knicks fans were dead, and that was that was a really, really awesome experience. But part of what made that game so frustrating is that you have a situation where the Nets have, and I, and I will stand by this, what I said in the last episode, the Nets have a lot of good pieces. They have a lot of very, very high-level pieces, high-level Better than role players. Nick Claxton is a budding star. Cam Thomas should be a budding star. Mikhail Bridges could be an all-star, right? We have talent. We have good pieces. And like Jacques Vaughn said, it's about experimentation. But the direction with which we experimented last night looked like a team that had resigned itself to getting the benefits out of losing games and trying real hard to figure out what they can have for next season. When the reality of the Brooklyn Nets is that they are a five seed. Barring something disastrous, they're going to be in the playoffs. And they have a roster that can, at the very least, put up a good and entertaining fight in the playoffs. And particularly against the Knicks, just with all of the weight behind that rivalry, you're in a position where you have to compete. And I saw compete from the players, from a, a lot of the players, but I didn't see compete with the way the lineups were being put out. A lot of people are going to hone in on Cam Thomas only playing 18 minutes Ben Simmons starting the third quarter, and those are both problems. But for me, and if you're looking at who is really a bona fide star on this team, and no matter what the NBA says, he is a, uh, a defensive player of the year front runner. Nick Claxton only picked up 23 minutes last night. And we're playing Dayron Sharp extended minutes off the bench. We're using Cam as a backup five. And there's a lot of people complaining that the Nets don't have a backup center. But you have Nick Claxton, who's not in foul trouble last night, not picking up the minutes that he deserves and the minutes that get the Nets better results and the stats speak for themselves with him when he's on the floor. So that's really what frustrated me about last night. But let's take it all the way back, Keith. I'll let you bring us back to the beginning of this three-game set. Well, real quick on the Claxton point, just out of fairness, I think he might be on a minutes limit because he, uh, you know, he, he said he had a hamstring issue or whatever, hamstring tightness, and didn't play the, the first game after the trade. Um, that that win after the trade, he didn't play in that game, if I recall correctly. So it, it only stands to reason to me 
that he's on some sort of minutes limit as a result yeah, of that because otherwise it makes no sense. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I was at that game Thursday that he didn't play and they won. And I was like, is he taking an emotional day? Like, is his, you know, head right now that he lost Katie and Kyrie in a week? And uh, the complexion of his team and his teammates is completely different. You know how Claxton is. Like, he took the James Harden stuff kind of tough. We saw him post about it. And uh, I think he definitely felt, you know, Kyrie and Katie's exit. But it was strange to see him not get the minutes last night. He looked night. great when he was on the court, too. He when looked he, phenomenal running the floor. He's our guy. Like, I was on WFAN talking about the best player on the Nets, and somebody's like, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikel Bridges. I'm like, no, not the incoming Nets. Like, the best player left on the Brooklyn Nets is Nick Claxton and then Cam Thomas. And now we've got four new players, and we're going away from them. Royce O'Neal is another guy that was starting for the Nets, and uh, he's not starting anymore, and – uh I think Jacques Vaughn is experimenting here, and it just sucks to see the Nets go into a rivalry, which really is a rivalry for the fans, um, a rivalry game. And it's like, oh, we're trying to figure things out so much so that we're relying on Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons just in the corner smiling on a bike like, you know, I don't really care. I don't really care what happens in this game. I don't care what I do on the Better floor. Better there than him on the floor. Well, he played 13 minutes. I mean, I, I think either there's two options, right? Like one of them is you put him in the starting lineup and see if he's the point guard, or two, he's completely out of the rotation completely. And it seems like you're, you're heading towards the, the latter. Well, with too many guys, who should be the odd man out, right? It shouldn't be It shouldn't be Cam getting less minutes. It shouldn't be Claxton getting less Yuta minutes. Yuta shouldn't get less minutes. Yuta's right? a better Yuda basketball shouldn't player. shouldn't even be getting less minutes. I know uh, Nets fans are talking about him being snubbed for the three-point contest, but if you look at who's actually in it, I think they did him a favor. All right, we're going to go back a little bit. I don't want this to all be... Doom and gloom, negative uh, podcast over one loss against the Knicks, who haven't beat the Nets in three years. They are nine and one uh, in three years against your Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, I, I looked at it as a sign of the times. I looked at it as, OK, these Knicks fans celebrated the end of the KD Kyrie era because they were butthurt that they didn't get chosen, that the little brother second team in town was chosen. And that era ended with no rings and not even an Eastern Conference finals appearance. So their celebration continued into what we saw last night. And good for them. You're not going to win them all, especially when you're experimenting, especially when you're trying to figure things out. Uh, you had Spence shooting the ball 400 times, <laughs> trying to lead the way. It was personal for him as a former net. Uh, Cam not getting enough minutes. Dorian Finney-Smith, I like that guy a lot. Uh, Mikel Bridges obviously did not have the impact uh, that he had in his first game, but it's going to come. It's going to come. So let's go back. Uh, I talked about Claxton not playing in that Bulls game. I just wasn't sure if he was feeling some kind of way or if he was actually hurt. You never know with these guys. And uh, that was the game coming off of Cam Thomas being fined $40,000. We haven't spoken on it on the podcast, but uh, we won't spend too much time on it. It's kind of old now. I feel bad for the young man, but I also don't. Uh, $40,000 is a lot, especially when people were saying Jokic got taxed twenty grand. And when you think about what he five, makes, I think. and five for the, for saying the no, same tw phrase, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25 even 25. I, I also hope he wasn't punished for that. Like anybody who saw it realized he didn't mean any malice by it. He apologized afterwards. And I, I get the, the, the time and age that we're in. And of course, no one should ever defame or, or say anything negative about any other person or, or their lifestyle. However, the, the phrase he used, along with pause, are very common. Uh, and and for a we young just guy like him, 
it's it a was, timing I mean, moment. Yeah. In New York, I mean, we say fair, pause. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that don't make it right, though. You know, that, sure, that, that but he's a kid. And I think it's I think, a 21-year-old right. kid. That's, that's, my initial response was, I mean, and shoot, like, what? I'm 21, right? Yeah. I got raised there in the same era. And I had to, you know, learn to adjust my language, right? And we all have learning experiences. He's just in a position where he has to learn those on the national stage in the NBA, right? So it's a little bit of a different caliber. And, and I, I think and, if you're watching it live, you realize, anybody who watches it, no matter where you're coming with, you realize this was not someone who was had any ill intent. No, and his said. apology came right after right, I me. Mean, right afterwards. So he's teaching, said, Kyrie, teaching Kyrie a lesson, someone he claims that is his Accountability mentor, at a young you know? age. I want to apologize. Yeah. Came right out on his Twitter. I don't think the Nets had to prompt him. He realized he messed up. Spencer Dinwiddie kind of looked at him. The interviewer said something like, you'll be hearing from the league office. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. It's a, a learning moment for Cam. I don't think he'll make a mistake like that again. It wasn't malicious. And, uh, you know, we can move on from it into the Nets beating the Bulls. Now, I was at that game, and I honestly thought DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine were going to close the Nets out in the fourth quarter. But time kept going, and they kept playing inspired basketball without Nick Claxton. They just found a way. And obviously, the Bulls aren't world beaters. But on your floor, after all the nonsense, you know, the first night that you get Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges on the floor, uh, actually, they didn't play that game, right? No, they didn't play in that first game. Yeah. That was the first night we got Finney Smith and O'Neal on the floor. Joe Harris comes alive. He's 6-9 uh, from deep. He has 18 points. Cam Thomas didn't have it in the beginning, but had it enough in the end to come through with 20. And Dinwiddie, former net, longest you know, not longest tenure net because Joe Harris obviously has been a consecutive. But coming back to the Nets, he's a guy that uh, fit right in. He had 25. I was happy with that game. Uh, even Ben Simmons gave us eight points in 20 minutes. They beat the Bulls. They're able to play defense. Obviously, Levine had 38 and he had a highlight dunk. But ultimately, you started to get the new identity of the Nets was going to be defense and, uh, you know, passing the ball and trying to figure things out. Any comments from the Bulls game? I know it was now last Thursday. Well, I mean, I, that was part of the positive energy. The, the you know, everybody was hearkening back to the 2018 Nets or whatever year it was. <laughs> At this point, I forget years. 2018, and, 19. And, yeah, yep. yeah. So everybody was going back to that. And, and I, I think there was some positive energy around Spencer um, in that game. And, and that's one of the reasons I was so excited to see the full crew uh, on Saturday. One of the reasons I was disappointed by the, the way that game ended. And, and then, you know, you, you get a little taste over it over a couple of games, not to fast forward too far, but shows you where the swing of emotions can go from, wow, it's so great to have Spencer Dinwiddie back to, wow, Spencer Dinwiddie almost tied the game to, Spencer, what are you doing? Why are you taking every shot and pounding the basketball for 15 seconds of the shot clock by the third game? Yeah, and that Bulls game too, that one felt like to me uh, a really good example of, some of the the excite more exciting pieces right that the nets have so without clax that's one of the guys we definitely we didn't have mikhail the trade hadn't been finalized yet but when you look at someone like cam thomas and a lot of people are saying well he's not ready for that elevated role he was only getting those bigger minutes when the nets didn't have their stars playing in garbage time games where they weren't expected to win the expectations were low but coming off the games he had he you know he picks up 33 minutes and he shot three of 16 from the field. Absolutely abysmal. But do you know what makes someone a future star player is when their shot isn't falling, they still find ways to contribute? And Cam Thomas did that from the free throw line. I, I won't say James Harden didn't do anything for us because he taught Cam Thomas how to get to the free throw line. He taught Cam Thomas how to how to put up numbers from the free throw line. 